This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Are we on? <laughs> We're on now. We're on? Good. Hello everyone. Welcome to the... Show. Yep. That... I thought we were just going to do one word each. You thought you knew what I was doing, but you didn't. No, no. I, I just, just sat there. I was like, we could do one word each and see how it goes. We could. Welcome to A Study in Literacy. I'm Luke. I go by he, him. I am Jill. I go by she, her. And we are proudly sponsored by Waldini Books. We are. Waldini's got a lot of things on. They do uh, have a lot of things on. The, the nearest one, it's coming out very, very soon at the time of airing. Uh, Nirvana Pop-Up Sci-Fi Fantasy Book Club. Woo! Uh, Tuesday, 4th of May, 2021, at 7pm. I am reading the book for that right... At, well, not not for... as we speak, but... She's glancing at the book. No, no, no. I'm, I'm glancing at the Nerdvana, the physical the overall... thing that I got from the library. Um, yeah, so for the pop-up fantasy sci-fi book club, the book that they'll be discussing is Ninth House by Leah Bardugo. Mm-hmm. But you can turn along, turn up. Come you along. Um, you can just turn along. Turn along. Turn along, go up. See what happens without reading it. Uh, so this will be at the Hastings District Libraries. Uh, they, the Hastings Library in general are just putting on a huge old Nerdvana thing uh, over the course of five days, four days? Yeah, the 30th of April to the 4th of May. There you go. Yeah, so some events will have already happened when this goes to air, yes. but not when we're recording. But there's still more. There's still there's more to do. There's still more. And if you like the idea of Nerdvana, please go support it. It's the first year they're running it, and they will do it again if it's popular. Yes, if you're if you're into it, please go. So that Because we... New Zealand doesn't get conventions. We don't. We don't get conventions. And we we're, have, we're very good, though, at when something like this pops up going, oh, I'll go next time. Yeah, we get... But there is no next time because no, no one went. because no one went. Because we have Armageddon Expo. Yes. Which is held, I think, twice a year. And yeah. I think it's two two days in Auckland, two days in Wellington, and then I think there's some in Christchurch or something. Yep. Uh, and that's the closest to a convention like how they have Oh, what's it called? Comic Con. Yeah, Comic Con Comic-Con looks San Diego, so amazing. So, if you want to support that kind of entertainment, go there. That's, yep. It's not Wardini specific, it's, no, it's but got they a, are having... Yep. They've got a lot of different stuff, all pretty much at the Hastings Library, around about all Hastings Libraries, because Flaxmere and Havelock have a few events as well. A yep. um, bunch of different stuff. Some of it is steampunk, some of it is yes. D&D, some of it's Warhammer. Yes. They have a Star Wars marathon. So, if you're a fan of Gareth Ward's books, uh, Clock Killing the Thief... Switch and Bot. Uh, Trader and the Thief. He's going to be there in all of his, I imagine, all of his yep. steampunk garb. Yep. Uh, cosplay, I think. Um, yep. Let's see, yeah. Exciting yeah, piece of nerdery, cosplay, of steampunk, all sorts of amazingness. And they're borrowing our cat, as they as, as Wardini have named it, mm-hmm. which I think cat is one of their staff members, and they yes. refer to as our cat. Well, she is their cat. Uh, for, for an evening, um, for the evening, for yeah. that. I believe Cat runs their actual Wardini books, um, sci-fi and fantasy book club. And yes. so if you enjoyed this pop-up one, you could join yep. their other one, which I have. 
asked to be put on the list for as yeah. well. So you might get to meet the super awesome Jill that hosts this show yeah. if you come along. One of the things that they have noted is if you want to join in, register your interest at HastingsLibraries.co.nz yeah. and look for their programs page. Uh, Hastings Libraries are generally sponsoring a 20% discount yep. off, uh, off that book, The Ninth House. Ninth House. Yep. Uh, so if you want to buy it from Wodini Books, uh, pop in and, uh, and say that you're going to the event and they'll go, hey, we'll give you a little bit of... Yeah, give you a little bit of help out. Yeah. Uh, it's really easy to register online as well. So I got the book catalogue and if you go online, you can actually just click the place that says limited places register here and it takes you straight to the form. Whereas yep. me, I had to go on and find all that because I wanted the really pretty looking yeah. book. It is a cool book. It's it is not a cool some book. newsprint. It's like a really nice glossy. Yeah, and it's like proper paper. and yep. it as, just, oppo- it as opposed really to not exciting. real inauthentic paper. Now, you know how some things are made with that really flimsy paper that when you turn a page you rip it? Pulp? Uh, or rice paper? Yeah, something like that. Well, this is like nice, sturdy paper. Then It's nice in colour. It's not a crappy black and white. Mm. It wasn't printed on my home computer with lines all through it. It's, it's going to seem a little bit... I don't know if I'd say ironic when we get to our main story that I've got for today, how we were talking about quality of paper and things. Anyway, mm-hmm. so the uh, other events that Wardini have on is Meet Emma Galloway on Friday, 7th of May, 2021, at 6pm, Wardini Books Napier. Mm. They describe it as such great excitement in the Wardini house. Emma is coming to have a chat with our Nigel. I love I love that. Our cat, our Nigel. I mean, I would <laughs> Can I be it. our Luke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like to be able to say that I am a Radio Kidnappers Jill. Because I yeah. am. There's no other Jill here, so yep. I don't even have to put my surname on there. Yeah. So this, so this, this is what will uh, entice most people. Uh, it says that everyone's invited. It's totally free, as always. We love free Yay. events. Who doesn't love free things? It's, and it's well, Daily Books is so good at doing free Bam. stuff. And it's because this is the best part. Uh, come in here, how to make your food not only quickly and easily, but so that it's bursting with deliciousness. There might well be treats too. Ooh. So if you're looking for some food, because Emma Galloway is the best-selling author of My Darling Lemon Time, time is in, the, yeah, and and a book called A Year in My Real Food Kitchen. So she is a, a she's a cook. Uh, she's a cook, uh, baker, fryer, all of that sort of stuff. So if you're looking for some food or get some food tips and talk to people and yeah. go and support your your favourite local bookstore, which it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, all they is. really have to do to make me want to go is say you can make quick, easy food that also is edible. Yeah. Because it's not always <laughs> when I make it. I We're on food. I, what a shot. The most recent thing that my my kick at the moment is those wraps, those Pharaoh's oh, wraps. Yeah, yeah. And I got the Italian herb ones and I got some of that Patax tikka masala sauce. Yep. Put it on some chicken, fry, uh, put some chicken in the pan, a little, little bit of garlic infused oil. Ooh. And then put the chicken. Oh. And I also threw in, once the chicken was nearly done, I sliced up some chorizo salami. That's a bit more cooking than I've been doing. I'm currently quite obsessed with chips Noodles. and gravy. Chips and gravy, yes. So I cook up my chips. Oh, yes, queen. My, Give me those chips and gravy. <laughs> chuck my delightful gluten-free chicken gravy, which my brother sends me from Rotorua because it's quite hard to find yes. sometimes over here. So he yeah. just has it on his shopping list now. It's awesome. It's awesome. Do you have to pay for shipping or does he take care of it? No, he <laughs> takes care of it all. 
Thank you, Richard. We love you, bro. <laughs> so there's also Lou chats with Paul Cleave about murdery, crimey things. This is oh, their title, not mine. Good. Uh, Sunday, 16th of May, 2021, 4pm, Facebook Live. So you don't even have to go to one of their stores. You, you can don't. Just sit you at home, can stay in your pajamas. Uh, be like one of those gosh darn millennials on your phones. I, <laughs> I can't say okay. that with a straight face. I discovered this is what happens when Jill studies. She learns stuff that's completely irrelevant to her study. Oh, you don't want to learn, do you? No, I wouldn't mind learning what I'm being tested on, but I'm not. So I learned that I'm apparently a millennial. I didn't think I was, but I, I am. I am also a millennial. I thought they kicked in after me, in, but they didn't. In, in terms of how they describe all of that, I consider it a load of bull. Mm. Like the whole generations thing, it's absurd. I don't understand. It's a marketing scheme. I mean, some of it did make sense in my readings because I, I Googled to see what I was and then I did the readings on how, because my current module's on marketing. Right. And how us awesome millennials uh-huh. um, don't rely on sales salespeople to the degree that the generations before us, because right. we will do our own research first. And I was like, yep. yeah, actually, I do. Yeah. I will Google the crap out of stuff and then go, oh, yeah, I want that one. And then when That's I go right. to the shop, I just need that one. Yep. There's also a lot more resources to you. So a salesperson says, hey, do you want to buy this? You say, give me a day. And you yeah. go away and you go slew thing because there's websites like Price Spy. I feel like... What the salespeople need to work on now is not the selling you the object itself, is the upselling going, oh, you need these headphones to go with. What about this super fast mm-hmm. charger? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because we already know the product that we want, but we probably haven't researched the accessories. There's also, we're, we're really good. People just in general now, I think, of our generation. Uh, generation. Uh, generation. See, I, I'm using it even though I hate <laughs> yeah, it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's the way we've been taught to it's, speak. Yeah, it is It is useful in some ways, but my myself growing up as well as kids that are coming now, we're really good at spotting bull. Yeah, right? yeah. We're really good at spotting it, and we, we can tell very quickly when we're being advertised to. Yeah. And... Man, people hate that. People hate knowing that they're being advertised to. I think also we're a lot more, I don't really want to say distrusting, but we kind of are. When places like Briscoe's and Rebel Sport and those places that have a lot of sales go, oh, this is on sale. Yeah. We don't sit there and go, oh, wow, what a good deal. We're like, yeah, that was that price last week. That's right. Like, what are you doing? We're more skeptical. Like, Briscoe's used to be the favorite store. Oh, they're having a sale. Oh, but now we go. They've always got a sale on. Always got. Why have they always got a sale on? And we think it's we think it's ironically cheap of them to do that, rather than it being like yeah, just just set your price at that price, and then occasionally knock some money off. Don't Uh, set it higher and and then sale it. And the word "sale" at a store is redundant anyway. You're a store. You already you're selling stuff. You sell sell things. It's yep. Marketing is ridiculous. <laughs> I also don't like when they have like the Anzac Day sale that goes for a week because then it's like it's not a day anymore. Yeah. I hate that. Oh, the Boxing Day sales that go for two months. Yeah. The Briscoes <laughs> I did used to like. So when I worked at Briscoes many moons ago. Many moons ago. Yeah, they had the Boxing Day sale and right. it was for one day only. Uh-huh. And the day after Boxing Day was the only day of the year that nothing was on sale. And we made so much money because by the time people had gone through the shop, assuming it was all on sale, mm-hmm. scanned it through the checkout and you'd tell them how much. They're like, oh, is it not on sale? We'd go, oh, no. And there'd be yeah. a queue behind them. So they'd be like, oh, I'll just buy it. That's right. And then the next day, the summer sale would oh, start. Oh, my God. 
I thought it was quite not. It wasn't that cool is, of them. It was very sneaky. That's devious. <laughs> but it worked. It worked. Hey, I mean, as as I've said so many times, whenever I talk about these big businesses, they're well within their rights to be as devious and sneaky as they are. I just find it a little bit. <laughs> I find it mean. Anyway, so um, the whole the whole crimey whimey stuff. Yeah, let's get back on top uh, <laughs> because I want to do it. I want to do my do my my due diligence. Uh, Paul Cleave is a New Zealand author from Christchurch who writes crime thrillers. Nice. So if you're into that sort of stuff. I think I've read one of his books. Uh, his latest book to release is The Quiet People. The Quiet so they'll probably uh, chat about that on the broadcast. That'd be cool. Uh, and then they've got uh, My French Platter, author talk with Anne-Marie Rawson, Thursday 20th of May, 2021, 6pm. This is at Havelock North Woodini Books. Meet Anne-Marie. She's bringing snacks so Yay! we can pretend to be in France. It's a free event. That's what they wrote. I didn't write that. But there's going to be snacks. You can hold them to that. Uh, and you can sue them if they... No, you can't. Uh, when Anne-Marie and her husband Steve leave their life in New Zealand to manage a 15th century farmhouse in France. Of course, this is the book. Uh, they have no idea they'll end up homeless. No idea they'll need to live in filth, rely on dilapidated equipment, and deal with a belligerent boss. That's a little bit redundant as well. Just a boss. No. Uh, <laughs> Some bosses are nice, Luke. Will the mouth-watering food she creates, the wonderful people they meet, and the glorious French countryside help them salvage their dreams of life abroad? Or will they need to rethink their future? I like the sound of it. Like, not the being homeless part. Yeah. And the crappy boss yeah. part. yeah. I mean, there's some not so cool, but the rest of it <laughs> sounds really nice. Yeah. Uh, so now back in Aotearoa, Anne-Marie has many tales to tell and a book to fit them all into. My French Platter is now on sale at Wadini Books. Uh, <laughs> I've got the way that I've written this makes it seem like the book is totally free. The book isn't free. The event is totally free. I mean, if you put it on your birthday wish list, and the book may be free. Technically, it's free. Yeah. yeah. By the way, if anyone's wondering, my birthday countdown has started. So is Which mine. means it's less than 99 days to my birthday. Mine is definitely less than 1,000 days away. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one day I'll do the maths to see how long to my next big birthday. I, I It'll like, be over 1,000. I like saying stupid stuff like that. Like when I turned 25, I said, I, um, I'm two and a half decades old. People would go, hold on, oh, that's not very much at all. What are you talking about? I always about? said I was a quarter of a century, and people go, God, yes, that makes you sound old. Yeah. yeah, I use that as well. That's a fun um, one. Last year, I said I was turning my midlife crisis age, if we use the <laughs> biblical definition of a full <laughs> life. Mid-life. Well, their full life is three score and ten, which is 70. Mm. So mid of that is 35, which yeah. means I can and start because, my midlife crisis. And because back then, people were just dying a yep. lot. But I thought it was exciting. So the the furthest event yep. away is meeting Catherine Robertson at Wardini Havelock North. Guess where it's being held? Twenty uh, fifth of May uh, at twelve pm midday. Uh, mm. The uh, her what day of the week is that? Do we know? That's a Tuesday. Okay, cool. It's a it's a Tuesday. A Tuesday. Minty minty fifth of Tway. So take some time off work, people. Yeah. Uh, so the way that her her new book is described. Is technically assured and utterly warm-hearted. This Aww. book makes us not so much readers as his neighbours. And that's what the legendary John Campbell said about the Gabriel's Bay series. Nice. Uh, Spellbound is book three in the series. And what it's about is it says, In small town Gabriel's Bay, big trouble is brewing. Brew- that's a lot of bees. Brewing. That's I can't brew- even say it and that's the only bee I was saying. Brewing. Brewing. 
Long-guarded secrets are coming out, threatening reputations and even lives. Outsiders are in town with questionable motives. Power and privilege are casting a seductive but ominous spell, and the love bus is completely munted. Which is an incredible description. <laughs> I feel like only a Kiwi book would use the word munted. Munted, yeah. In yeah. a description. And so, again, uh, how much do you think the event costs? Free. It's totally free. Totally free. Go, go along, talk to Catherine Robertson about her new book. Uh, yep. And buy her whole series, give her money, support. Yep. Support authors. local. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, we've got... Things to talk about. We do. I've done a lot of jibber-jabbing. You have. I thought I would go through the Nerdvana catalogue. Yes! Not nerd, catalogue. Nerd things. Nerd things. So I will ignore the stuff that's happening Friday and Saturday, partly because our show will have aired yes. after that, and however, partly because I'm not in town and I'm grumpy that I can't go to a whole bunch of it. However, if you go to this thing again... It'll be on next year because yes. they'll be like, oh, hey, a little bit more. Make really like it this. good. All right, so on Sunday, so in the book, it's all over the place. I'm just going to read from their program, program. that I have. Are you going to yep. roll your R's the entire time? Not the whole way. Welcome to Nerdvana. I was taught to roll my R's at speech therapy when I was little to try and get me to speak proper. Oh, speak proper? Yeah. Did it work? Apparently it did when I knew she was listening. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And as soon as she wasn't there, <laughs> I was atrocious. Brilliant. So, yeah, that was good. So they've got Miniature Painting 101 on Ooh. Sunday. Not too early, that's 1pm, so we can all sleep in. Nice. Thank you, Hastings Library. Um, there's a foam armour maker space. Nice. Which sounds really cool. A Sunday Cozy Cult Classic. At one o'clock as well. So these are all at one o'clock. Cozy cult, what? A cozy cult, cla- cozy cult classic. Cozy. Okay. Yeah, hang on, what let me see. On if I, earth I can't you say speak it? very good. Oh my god. Um, I can't find the page that's got it on it. A culty cos classic. Yeah. Is how is it spelled? C O Z Y. Is that cozy? Oh, it is. Yeah, it is cozy. Anyway. I was confused um, about the cosy. And the last one, it's because there's a bunch of cosplay stuff happening on Saturday. Yeah, I thought that's so what it was going to be. It was going to be cosplay oriented. Um, there is, if anyone's interested and somehow manages to hear this before it goes out, mm. a cosplay on a budget on Saturday morning. Nice. Um, Kyla, if anyone, Kyla's probably going to be If anyone there. went to that, please get in touch and let us know how you found it. Because yes. I'd be interested How to you know. found it. Well, I took a left at the lights. <laughs> Take a right, to be honest. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, anyway, and another one at one o'clock is VR gaming experience, which I mm. think sounds pretty awesome. Going to be a lot of kids yeah. peeking. At 2pm, there's a Warhammer thing, Age of Sigma exhibition. I, yep. It's not one I've heard of. See, it's it's genuinely nerd, nerdy talk is like speaking a different language. Like you said that and I could see that you have no idea, but well, I'm going, oh yeah, I know what it is. I know a bunch of Warhammer stuff, just not that one. Yeah. Um, at... <laughs> 4.15, there is Making Your D&D Hero with <gasps> Lovecraft, which I think seems really cool. Whoa, what? Sorry, say that bit again. It just is with Lovecraft. At the end. <gasps> That'll Making be Lovecraft your games. D&D Hero. Yeah, they're part of this. That'll be the fantastic, I was about to say folks, the folk, yep. <laughs> the singular person yep. at Lovecraft Games. Yes, yep. Um, I think you would be interested in on Monday evening at 6pm. Mm-hmm. Is the D and D DM masterclass with Lovecraft? Ooh, that'd be cool. I think that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and the last one they've got on Sunday is at seven thirty a virtual trivia night. So that one's virtual. You don't have to get out of your pajamas. Okay. Cool. You can chill at home and 
log into that. Yeah. The rest are all at Hastings Library. And if you've forgotten all of this information, go online. Yeah, go, on, go on the Hastings Districts Library website, which is not linked on the... Well, it's not the same as the council address I found out yeah. when I tried to find it. Yeah. Um, so on Monday at 10am, they've got a Monday's Marathon Madness, which I think is a gaming marathon. Marathon Madness! Which is pretty cool. Um... I may be incorrect in that, but the write-up looks like it may be. There's a marathon of some writing. description. Yeah, it's, it's under the tech play session. So oh, yeah. It's probably games. Yeah. Um, there's another tech play session at 12, but that's just a two-hour one. Mm-hmm. And then there's more VA gaming experience at 12 as well. Mm-hmm. There's Nerdvana Gaming Zones from 3 to 5. Don't know what that means, but it sounds good. No, this is all on Monday. Might be tabletop. Might be tabletop. I mean, the library's going to be pretty awesome during be. these five days. I think there's a lot more nerds around Hawke's Bay than people realise. I think so. I think that the library is going to be packed yeah. and loud as hell. It's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be a loud building. And I bet there's going to be a whole bunch of nerds that are like, damn it, I have to go back to school. This isn't fair. <laughs> Um, and then at all three libraries on Monday at 3pm is Robot Makerspace. Oh, fantastic. So that seems pretty cool. And then, as mentioned before, the DM D&D Masterclass with a Lovecraft game. Because we need PM. more DMs. We yes. need more DMs. There's not enough. Yeah. I never get to play. I, I only ever have to run games. Yeah, you need to find some more ones. And we've got on... I am in a 3.5 campaign, and I just purchased uh, the 3.5 D&D edition, the D&D 3.5 edition Dungeon Master's Guide. I managed to pick it up for 15 bucks on Trade Me. Yay! I was going to go for the Player's Handbook for $15, but someone kept bidding up and up and up and up and ended up getting up to about 40 bucks. The only time I like it when people keep bidding is when I'm the one selling something. (laughs) Otherwise, it's like, stop it, stop it. Yeah, I lost out on a couple of things that would have been absolute steals, but I'm not prepared to pay. So the amount that these people paid for these games is almost as much as it would have been for the brand new game. Yeah. And these are used games. So I thought, I'm not going to... No, no. What's the point of that? So on Tuesday, the last day of the event, mm. from 9 to 12 is the um, May the 4th Marathon. Uh-huh. So it is rated M, adult supervision recommended. And then from 1 to 7 is the next lot of May the 4th Marathon, which is rated PG. Cool. And I feel like it's probably movies 5, 6, yeah. and 4, 5, 6 first. Because weren't the newest ones the PG ones? What What are these? I don't know. I'm assuming what it's films. I'm assuming it's Star Wars because of all the pictures around it. Oh, are Star I Wars see. pictures, and it's May yeah. the fourth. Yeah. Oh, May the fourth. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then there's Star Wars Makerspace at all three libraries at three o'clock. Uh, there's tech play sessions from five at Hastings, and then the pop up sci fi fantasy book club with Cat from Wardini Books at seven pm. Awesome. So that'll be awesome, and unfortunately, because this would have already gone to air, but I'm going to say it anyway because this sounds awesome, and I hope all of you have attended, so this comes next year, mm-hmm. um, is Nerf Wars. <gasps> so you, there are limited spaces, so you have to register. There's a kid session and an adult session, so it's oh on Friday. Um, so they were on yesterday, if you're listening to this, yeah. but they sound amazing. I would love to play Nerf Wars in the library. I don't know if it would be in the library. I imagine it would be out in that big, between yeah, the library and the gallery. Yeah, it does say in the Hastings Library Battleground. Maybe they'll set up an area for it. I'd like to think. like the, You'd have to have zones that you shouldn't go outside of and stuff like that. Because otherwise there's going to be kids shooting them onto the roof. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you might lose a lot of ammo. So yes. maybe come with extra. Yeah. Yeah. I have some very awesome Nerf guns at home. I don't own any. Yeah, I've never can, owned one. You can borrow one of mine. I've never even been able to fire one, I don't think. I have some really cool ones because my brother bought them. I do have laser tag, though. And he got them earlier on, and mm. then they bought out the automatic ones, or the semi-automatics. Uh-huh. And so these are the ones that after each shot, you have to do that click, you click have to cock thing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't <laughs> like these when he got the semi-automatic, so he gave me. And they're oh, like, nice. they're huge. They're like this big. Like, yeah, they look pretty really, awesome. Really big. Is me. Yeah. yeah. So we've got from from Susie Dent because I like oh, looking I like, through I the like sorts Susie of stuff Dent. that she's posted. Uh, from from 16th of April, so I've had this brewing for a little while. But her stuff is very evergreen. Often yes. she posts things that are very sort of commentaryish, like something's happening in the world, and she posts something. That might be why I miss some of what she That's having a bit says. of a jab. So she said, uh, "Chrissy C R A C Y is a useful suffix." So you've got things like cacistocracy, yep. which is a government by the worst of citizens, a plutocracy, government by the wealthiest, hmm. aristocracy, government by the best. Well, when they say worst and best, how are they judging worst and best? Uh, so aristocracy is written government by the best brackets etymologically. So it would be something like, it would be to do with how society views them, I imagine. Yeah, so maybe on morals so, and like that aristocracy, sort of stuff. So like aristocracy, the aristocrats saw themselves as the highest of, of society. Yes. Oh goodness me, our culture is simply the best. All of those peasants can go down there and have <laughs> their cacistocracy. And all the peasants probably thought, oh thank God. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, you know, people who maybe have no skills, they don't know what they're doing, that would be a cacistocracy. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, there's kleptocracy. What do you think that is? Is that a society made up of kleptomanians? Pretty much. Government by thieves. I mean, that's not the worst sort of government there could be. And then oclocracy. O-C-H-locracy. Mob rule. Mm-hmm. So look out for those oclocracies. Uh, just today, actually, 16 hours ago. Well, it would have probably been about a day ago by now. Word of the day is Snollygoster. Snollygoster. It's from the 19th century. It is an individual guided by personal gain rather than principles. I can think of a few of those. I can think of a few Snollygosters. 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 I dare you to go up to one of them and go, you're just a Snollygoster. Yeah. And see what they say. That's why I like reading herself, because there was a great forum thread online that was asking people for the best ways to tell someone they're stupid without telling them they're stupid. Oh, I like that. And it was so much fun to read. Uh, one of my favorite ones is uh, when they were handing out brains, you slept in, didn't you? <laughs> when, it was, yep. when it was raining smarts, you brought an umbrella. Yep. Yeah, there's I there's like all sorts like of fantastic ones. My oh my all time favorite one though is, I would agree with you, but then would both be wrong, <laughs> and it's so punchy. Yeah, you but say I mean, that, and they would know exactly what you mean. But some people wouldn't click onto it straight A few away. Probably wouldn't. Yeah, I was. So we've got the talk, the talk intermediate school debate starting up soon here on Radio Cannabis. Right. And I was catching up with our adjudicator, who is from Woodford House. She's one of their 
year 13 mm-hmm. students, form seven. Cool. Um, and she was teaching me because she's Dutch, Kiwi Dutch. Oh, awesome. And um, she was teaching me some of the Dutch insults that <laughs> you can't say over there because they're actually incredibly insulting. But wow. when you say it over here and no one knows what you mean, uh-huh. it's just satisfying. Wow. That's so, cool. I can't Are there remember, any that you can say on I air? can only remember the English translations, and right. you could not say that okay, on air. Gotcha. But You can tell me after. Yeah, but it's just like, wow, they have some really good insights. Uh-huh. Like, we think some of ours that people are like, oh, you just said the whatever word. It's like, yeah. they've, they've done it way worse. I asked a, uh, a colleague of mine, I said to him, in a moment of... I, it was fairly early on in me working there. It was maybe in the first couple of years. And I said to him, hey, is there... Because we've got like the F word and stuff mm. like that. Is there like a Maori swear word or yeah. major insult? And he said, I can't really think of one other than like boil your head. Ooh. Like you tell someone, go boil your head. And I thought, damn, that's really that's that really is, savage. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I mean, is the head attached or not? It's not, it's like it's essentially like telling someone go drink bleach. Yeah, like it's just something really awful that you. <laughs> oh, I love oh. words. It's so much fun. And I love how, like, back in the day, they had. I don't know. They seemed to be more creative, yes. whereas now we just yes. have one word that we just or two words that we just change yeah, the yeah, ending yeah. or whatever. You're, on you're basically just saying you. Yeah, <laughs> you're calling someone something. Yeah, and if it's really bad, then it's a you that that because yeah. you just say it twice. It's why I like following people like Susie Dent and going mm. into all this, and it's why I like doing the show because I find all sorts of crazy stuff. Oh, I love it. So this is so this is some some real juice here. Yeah, it's oh, I went down a rabbit hole today. <laughs> I like it. I didn't I have any time around. to do rabbit holes today. So this is from the New York Times uh, by Vanessa Friedman. An article that piqued my interest and then just down the rabbit hole. Uh, You may or may not know that I couldn't really give a toss about fashion, but the story behind this is super cool. Uh, So I mentioned fashion. How the flippin' heck is this related to literary works? Well, between 1970 and 1971 in San Francisco, where I've been, fantastic place, I loved it. There was a magazine published in the Bay Area, which is a region surrounding San Francisco, San Pablo, and Suisun Bay estuaries. Uh, So this magazine was founded by three people. Baron Wallman, who was the chief photographer for Rolling Stone, I'm sure everyone knows Rolling Stone, from 1967 to 1970. Uh, And Mary Peacock, editor for the Harper's Bazaar Women's Fashion Magazine, and Mm. later on she was the fashion editor for The Village Voice, a news and culture newspaper, and they also had Daphne Davis, who was another editor. Hmm. So this magazine was known as Rags. Rags. R-A-G-S. Rags. And affectionately called... What did Rags stand for? Like, is it a pseudonym? It didn't stand for anything. Okay, cool. It was like Rags. Like a rag. Rags. Uh, and it was affectionately, affectionately called The Rolling Stone of Fashion by Baron Woolman. Uh, it came from the counterculture of the late 1960s. And apparently, quote, believed individual style was a serious business, but it never took it terribly seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stefano Tonchi, consulting global chief creative officer of Le Ficiel, I'm probably saying that incorrectly, it's a French fashion magazine, he described the magazine as revolutionary and said that he discovered the magazine while sifting through stands at the Rose Bowl market in Los Angeles. 
and he went on. He quickly went on to buy the entire publication run. Why not? Uh, Baron Wallman said in a New York Times interview not long after the magazine began that, <clears throat> quote, fashion for years has been trying to tell us to conform to its idea of what is beautiful, to become the beautiful people. Now, individual creativity is what is beautiful. And the New York Times article immediately after that said, sound familiar? Because yep. we're sort of coming back into that now, where people are starting to be really critical of how society or big fashion yep. wants us to look. And people say, no, up yours. I'm going to dress yep. how I want. Yep. Um, you're, you're a fantastic example of that. You're just like, nah, screw you. I'm going to do my hair like this. I'm going to do my earrings. Yep. Your earrings kick ass all the time. Thanks. Uh, and yeah, so it's very much sort of a cycle at the moment. Yep. I uh, was just randomly side-noting. Yes. So I read an article, and I don't even know how I got to it or where I got to it from, but there is a modelling company that is for disabled people, oh, and awesome. they feature disabled people, and they've actively made brands like Adidas and such kind of update how they do stuff, because mm. they'll be like, hey, look, we buy your clothing. Yeah. It's uncomfortable to sit in. Yeah. And they've helped and they've worked with them. Instead of just going, we don't like you, they've gone, can we help you? That's right. And so they've done clothing that is helpful. And they've actually got lines just kind of for these people. Yep. And they've modeled all their own stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. Progress is made by saying yes and or no but. Yeah. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I love that there's like models. By which I would say yes but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. But I was like, I love because I was reading some of the like testimonials of the models, and right. as I said, when they were younger, they wanted to model fashion, mm -hmm. but they couldn't because yeah. they were disabled, or they had one arm, or they're mm -hmm. in a wheelchair, and or there something. was nothing for them. Yeah, and they couldn't dress funky how they wanted. That's right. Now they they're starting to. It's still not great, but it's getting better, and I think that's fantastic. It's what the thing that so many people still have yet to understand is. All these sorts of people have always existed. They yeah. just have never had a voice or things yeah. for them until now. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, if you don't have a voice and all you've got is what you don't like, you can't necessarily change it. Not That's everyone's right. got access to fabric and a sewing machine or yeah. anything like Not that. Not everyone has an equal voice. No. Nope. It would be nice if they did. But yep. all, the best we can do is have this progress, like yep. those companies, yeah. saying to them, hey, you can actually do this. It's yeah, not a can... case of just going for the lowest common denominator. Yep. And I mean, as they said, the majority of people actually have office jobs where they sit down all day as well. Yep. So why are you making stuff that only looks good standing that's and right. is only comfortable standing? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I know, that's what I thought. Anyway, back so, to your fashion. So featured in... My fa I don't <laughs> have a fashion, fashion sense. I'm awful at fashion. Uh Featured in the magazine were a host of pieces, including an analysis of Janis Joplin's dress style, uh, an interview with the funk singer Betty Davis, fashion shoots with tattoos, cowboys, and the clergy. I would have read if there was an issue called that, I would have got it. So if if you didn't, if you couldn't already tell, I don't know how up your you are with fashion lingo. This article was called the, the, the Magazine That Invented Street Style. Mm. So when you say street style, everyone immediately got like jeans, like the, the chain hanging down, the ripped whatever, and just wearing kind of whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think of the ripped and stuff, but I just kind of think of people doing their own thing. Yeah, the, and that's what this magazine was all about. It road tested nine brands of jeans, as in... They ran them over with a V-dub beetle, bleached them, and froze them. I would have been down for that sort so of they, testing. So they literally road tested them. Yeah. 
I would, I would have been happy to do that. Uh, it taught readers how to make a vest made from beer can pool tabs. And Ooh. its fifth issue had, this is the big part, had the title Fashion Fascism. Yeah. Fashion Fascism. So the aforementioned issue became the most famous or infamous from a certain point of view. It contained the calling out of attempts by big fashion to replace the mini skirt with the midi skirt, which I didn't know that term until today. Oh yeah, I don't like midi. As a way to try and get consumers buying again, particularly in buying clothing that had more fabric. So they were saying, mm-hmm. screw you, stop trying to control how people look. And that's very 70s. I must admit, like, nowadays people go, oh, you can look how you want. And it's like, that's all well and good. Mm. But most of us have to buy what is in the shop. Yep. And when fashion goes through one of their phases mm-hmm. of being boring, like the light browns and the light tans and stuff, and I sit there going, I've got nothing to buy. None of my <laughs> colours are in that's stock. Right. Oh, wear, wear what you want, but this is all you have to choose from. Yeah, and it's like the main companies, the big companies, still kind of control what we wear. Yep. So this is this is a big thing about what uh, this magazine was trying to do. Mm. Uh, I actually have a copy of an article from that here. It's, it can be found on daysdigital.com where it's archived. And if you'd like, I can read some of this delicious calling out. I think you need to read some of it. Of big fashion from, uh, from the rags archive. Let me load it up. It was so interesting to see because they've got... Uh, it archived all these different issues, and you can buy now. They have reissued these big box sets that are like four hundred and fifty dollars. Oh. It's absurd. But there's also um, uh, seventy-five dollar versions where you get, I think, a single paperback, and it's a collection of like the best. Of. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so let's see. So this article was called. Pity the Poor Working Girl, a report on office dress codes. Oh my gosh, so tell this, me about office dress codes. So keep in mind that this is from 1970 to 1971. I wonder how much, my brain's going to wonder how much this has changed from now to some of the stuff that we still have to deal with in I'm office dress code. I'm annoyed that it's not letting me zoom in, but I'll do my best. Good luck. It, it was written by uh, uh, someone called John Grissom. It's an innocent-looking booklet titled, What Shall I Wear to Work Today? 20 pages of detailed, quote, guidelines to good fashion and good taste and good grooming. Blueberry pastel lettering and vaguely psychedelic artwork gives it a promising hook. Quote, just let your good taste take over, says page one. Like choosing fashions that are in, but not way out, to help you avoid mistakes. Here are some recommendations. From page two, it's... From page two on, it's thinly veiled fascism in fashion. Some excerpts. The neutrals are more important than ever. Black, brownstones, beige, and greys. Basic dresses aren't dull dresses. Add a scarf. Oh my god. So very, like, telling women what Uh to wear, right? Uh, Save pantsuits, pant dresses... Colkits. I've never seen that term before. Colkits. Oh, I've heard that before. No, they'll be collots, won't they? Collots. It is collots. Sorry about that. Uh, For another scene, yes, including those that do look like skirts, little brackets, little... Oh, yeah. Boils your blood, doesn't it? It does. I just love this article that they're like, you guys are being real dicks right now. Yeah. Uh, Jewellery. Yes, beads and chains that make the dress make the scene. Leave cookie, gaw- kooky, gaudy, oversized earrings for someone else. 
I have worked somewhere that strongly suggested mm. you only wear studs or sleepers. Uh-huh. So all of my earrings would be out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, people, get yep. with the program. Fabrics too clingy, sweaters too <laughs> tight should be avoided. They're just not right. I love because it's basically but, it's basically what it's saying. Not too clingy. Don't show off your body. But what if you brought something and you then put on weight through whatever reason, yep. and it becomes clingy, but you yep. don't have enough money to buy a new yep. top? That's not fair. No, people. no, it's, it's just not right. They say it's just not right. <laughs> yeah, not right. Oh, I love taking the mickey out of these people. There are better styles than sweaters and the like for large busted ladies. Nylons for work. Anyways, yes, even when it's too darn hot. No. Light and neutral shades preferred, but very brights, dark, very darks, patterns, textures are best forgotten. No. How awful so that is will, that? So they're talking about their tights or their stockings. They're talking about everything. Just, like, so I couldn't wear my fluoro pink stockings to work? Probably not. They'd probably go, oh no, that's just not right. It's just not just right, not Jill. Right. And they'll call you Jillian too. They'd go, oh, Jillian, no. Jillian, no. Certainly not. So glad I didn't grow up back then. Uh, to cover up the gaps when you sit, stretch, or bend, <laughs> wear pantyhose, the short skirt's best friend. Ponytails are for more casual times. Pigtails are for little girls, not business girls. Well, how keep you tie back do your hair? hair? Keep tie-back scarves and headbands clean to keep them charming. That's right, ladies. That's all we <laughs> think you're good for. That's all you're good for, they say, back oh, in the 70s wow. and some people today. You're only... Oh. I had a friend that applied for a job at a bank in New Plymouth. I won't say what one because mm-hmm. that could be rude. Mm-hmm. And their dress code now, well, uh-huh. this is a few years ago, still specified the minimum height their heels could oh, be. That's and ridiculous. I thought that is cruel. Well, yeah. how, about, how about you raise our minimum wage if you want to give us a minimum height? Well, I just thought, what if, like, I can't wear heels because of, uh, not long time, mm. because of a sporting injury. Mm-hmm. So does that mean I can't get a job with them? Like, that's mean, Bank. Yeah. Uh, there's another one. Long hair, keep it hip, not hippie. <gasps> because, of course, this is the 70s, uh, 60s, course, 70s. Yeah. Uh, worn in place, not falling all over your face. Do you know how hard it is to keep your hair tied up all day long when you have a lot of hair? I do it's not, which really, is why I don't comment on it. It's really hard. <laughs> it just starts falling out because of the weight pulls your hair tied yeah. down. And just movement. Yeah. Just movement. And you don't want to fill your head with bobby pins because they start giving you a headache. Yeah, I imagine they would. Cause yeah. Like, yeah. Although, I mean, there is something. And all of the alien beams yeah. would be coming in. Yeah. There's something satisfying about taking them out at the end of the day and just feeling all that pressure uh-huh, gone and all the uh-huh. digging in your head. And you're like, oh, my yep. God, it feels so good. Uh, what else have they got? So so the article continues. There's more here than bad poetry and rep- and repressive advice. Good old-fashioned double-think crops up all the time under the heading, How High the Hemline? The I wonder, is, I'm curious, mm-hmm. was there a man's version of this? I am saying what colour suits and I, how their ties had to be. That would be a very interesting thing to look up. I imagine there would be, and it would also be filled with. It would probably I mean, be, it'd be like one page long. It would probably be filled with rhetoric, like you've got to keep the ladies interested and all of that stupid. Yeah, and like they probably wouldn't be allowed their comical ties. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, brights are not for business. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. New slogan. 
Uh, so the word on uh, on the whole how high mm-hmm. the hemline is apparently skirts may be worn as short as four four what's the double comma that's inches isn't yep. it four inches to five inches up from the floor when measured from a kneeling position any shorter though is too short. Do you want to know a random little fact? Uh-huh. So, you know how school rules have the length of your skirt? Yes, yep. So, my school left out some important words, mm-hmm. and our skirts were not allowed to be any shorter than 12 centimetres, and that's where the full stop went. Wow. Not from the floor when uh-huh. kneeling. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, so we're allowed really short skirts here. Yeah. <laughs> loophole. loophole. I found loophole. I found a lot of loopholes in my school rules. <laughs> Uh, what else does it say? It says, uh, the article goes on, this isn't a quote, uh, looks great on paper, but that works out to a hemline no shorter than two and a half inches above the knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the booklet's capper is a plastic overlay of three dress illustrations labelled Nyx, psychedelic afro bouffant, ponytail calotte, and hippie chick replete with beads and a pendant with the peace symbol mistakenly question mark they're asking like did you guys mean to do this did you guys mean to put literally a hippie on the front of this which is probably not what they should have done mistakenly question mark drawn upside down (laughs) (laughs) uh like the overlay uh and you yeah lift the overlay and you find natch three atrociously and then that's the only archive that's left it doesn't do the whole the whole thing it seems like it's a two-page but yeah that was a wonderfully scathing call out of how absurd i feel like i should be surprised but i'm not because 70s and i mean it's even the fact that it's like woman orientated because i've worked at more than one place Mm -hmm. where i'm not allowed visible tattoos but boys can males can and it pisses me off every time it's like how come just because i'm a female do I have to cover my tattoos? Well, you have to look good for the boys, I Jill. Have to look for some boys. <laughs> some boys might like tattoos. <laughs> it's so it's just, stupid. It, to me, it just it frustrates me that there's still no real equality. Yeah. Even with dress codes yeah. and stuff like dress that. Dress codes are stupid anyway. Sure, yeah, okay. Well, like, I'll wear a uniform so that they know that I'm staff, that mm. I work here, all that sort of thing. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's great. At my, I was about to say the name of it, at the casual job that I'm at, mm. they've said to us, like, here's your, like, black pants, please, mm. black covered shoes, please, here's your top. But otherwise, you can have you tattoos, can you, you can yeah. have earrings, because they say to us, express yeah. yourself, because this is what we're all about. Yeah. It's about being ourselves and putting yep. our best selves forward. One of my old jobs was like that. I had my black uniform top, and then I just had to do black bottoms, and uh-huh. I could do any colour show. I always just usually did black. And because my boss was happy with expression of yourself uh-huh. he had no issue with me wearing fluoro stockings Fantastic. and fishnet stockings and awesome. stuff like that because he's like you've got your black skirt on that's uh-huh. fine yeah <laughs> um he would defend me when the public would say something about how they didn't think it was appropriate and he's mm. like well actually she's supporting the rugby team today because yeah. she's got her yellow stockings yeah. on and yeah. he was so great with it yeah. and she, she's yeah. just cosplaying as a bumblebee at the moment basically so. and it's just like you stick me in a uniform <laughs> yes i'll wear it yeah but i still I can't fully conform. It hurts, right. basically, yeah, for me to... Big, well, it's it's like anyone in yeah. the LGBTQI plus community will say, it's not me. It's no. Not, it, it's wrecking the identity. Because people say, oh, there's all these... No, like, as soon as one of these bigots... If yeah. you start taking their identity away from them, yeah. oh, they will blow up. Yeah. And then you go, yeah, how do you... <laughs> like it? Anyway. 
So, unfortunately, Rags was a flash in the pan. Because it only lasted 1970. I really want it to come back. Uh, It went out of business over the course of the year. But with Levi's about to make a major ad buy uh, in it, Wallman commented on this in an interview with Dazed, a British style magazine, saying, one month too late. Yeah, <laughs> Levi's. Uh, so the the interview is available. You can go on to DazedDigital.com and look up uh, how Rags magazine shaped 70s counterculture. Uh, so in the aforementioned interview, Wallman, mwah, fantastic answers yep. to these questions. Uh, it took place in 2015. He is unfortunately now deceased. Uh, Baron Wallman died in 2020. Well, I don't know the cause of death or anything like good that. Good on him for doing what he's done. Yeah. Uh, it is available for reading the whole thing. I've picked out a few choice bits. Uh, Wallman was asked how Daphne and Mary pitched the idea to him. So these two women came to him and said, hey, we've got a... And his response was, they said, look, as far as we're concerned, the fashion magazines of today are irrelevant because the real fashion is coming from the streets. And we want to do a publication like Rolling Stone that gets to the bottom, to the origin of fashion. Fashion's in the street, and that's what we're going to concentrate on. So that's what we yep. did. I mean, that is pretty true, though. Even nowadays, I know shops sell us crap yeah. a lot of the time. But the styles that you see and you love tend to be something you've seen someone else wearing on the or street. Or bits and pieces. Yeah, put and you think, oh, I could put that together like that. Yep. And that's generally how you find your style, is putting yep. all of that together and going, oh, crap, that didn't work, but there's that a, did, or whatever. There's a great question that was asked, because he, he was the photographer for Rolling Stone, mm. where, so he'd go to like rock and roll shows, mm. uh, things like The Rolling Stones. He and, must have had such a good stories. And and he was asked. Uh, he he said, "Yeah, most of the musicians that uh, that we would interview, they got their styles from the groupies." Mm. I even got it directly written down here. But he he said to the effect of the the girls did all sorts of stuff with their clothing, and the guys went, "That's cool. Yep. I want to wear that." It wasn't the other way around. No, the guys didn't come up with it. The the girls were putting all of these different pieces together, and he said that apparently the musicians said. That's awesome. We want yeah. that. So they got their ideas from the groupies, mo- yeah. mainly. I mean, why not? Why yeah. not? Uh, so asked about the production of the magazine, he was asked, how did you actually produce this thing? And he said, they were newsprint, just like Rolling Stone, done on the same presses that we did Rolling Stone on. Uh, we were not glossy for a reason. We didn't want to be glossy. We wanted to be authentic. The fashion that we saw at the time was not for the people, not for you, not for them, not for anybody. So all of our articles were kind of irreverent because fashion was so inauthentic. It wasn't based on what people were really wearing. So yeah, that once again, criticism of the fashion at the time, big fashion as he literally called yep. it, they were trying to control what people were wearing. Yep. Uh, and he talks about the road tests. Uh, he, yeah, I, I wanted to bring up the road test mentioned earlier. He goes into detail about that in this interview. He says, we did this thing called a rags road test, which was phenomenal. We wanted to decide which jeans were the best, right? So we soaked them in this huge vat of wine and beer, the kind of thing that if you went to a club, you'd get all over your jeans. Yep. And then we washed them to see which ones washed out better. We put a stone in the jeans and tied them behind a Volkswagen, and we drove it around the parking lot to see how long it took for the stone to wear through. That's how we measured the strength. I mean, you know, it's not stupid testing. Yeah. He said, he says, you know on the back of Levi's, you see those ho- these horses pulling the jeans? We tied them between two Volkswagens <laughs> to see how long they would hold together before they split. We had a good time. It was a lot of fun. I feel like, like if I was doing that, 
and I think I might need to at some point. Yeah. I would probably forget to hit start on the stopwatch and then be like, oh, yeah. damn, I've got to do it again. <laughs> oh, got to get another pair. Oh, okay. So he was, of course, asked about the fashion fascism title, uh, which uh, which I was very interested to see because mm. I was wrapping up all of the prep that I was doing for this and I saw that he was asked about it and I went, oh, I've got to put that in there because oh, that's yeah. the big statement and it was part of sort of like the thesis statement of what I was trying to do here for this I hesitate to say report, uh, but I like looking back in time. Yeah. I don't really care about fashion, but looking back and see how it's shaped and history and stuff. So he said, we were really serious on that fashion fascism thing. The point was people had come out with the midi. The midi was an ugly, ugly dress, but the young women who were working in the offices had to buy an ugly dress in order to be, quote, professional. Yep. Women wouldn't buy them otherwise, but that's what the fashion industry told them to buy, and that's what we were fighting against. The way the fashion industry was oppressing the people that could at least afford the clothes. That could least afford the clothes. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, if, if you don't have a big enough budget or even enough time to mm. make your own stuff, because it's not cheap to make your own stuff. Yeah. You have to buy what the fashion shops are putting out for you. Yep. And if it is something ugly, well, you have to suck yep. it up and just go. And there was, I was going to put this in, but I thought that we're definitely going to go over time if I do. Uh, you can see the article on daysdigital.com. It's all it's yep. all in the archive. And there was an article where they interviewed, because of course this was a magazine, they had interviews. And they interviewed these young women, 20, 20 to 25-year-olds, mm. working in these big department stores. And what they would do, uh, they, they were asking them, you know, what do you, what do you have to wear? What do you want to wear? And they, they, the answers all seemed to be very, and they commented this in the article, they said they all seemed very like, oh, yeah, we wear it because we love it. Yeah. It's great. And someone said, oh, yeah, I do love it. Uh, and they said something to the effect of, uh, someone who had to eat food to survive wouldn't say that they hated food. No, and that's super. No. And that was super telling. They're like, oh, okay, so they're she's she's saying she loves it yep. because she needs the job mm-hmm. because otherwise she's going to lose her job. So that was really telling. I highly recommend going and read it. It's so fascinating to have this look back into the seventies. Yeah. This one year. But you can, if you have the money for it, good God, the giant box set of all of the issues, be so $4,500. If anyone would like to buy it and then loan it to us to read and I, review, we I, would be down with I that. I am genuinely, I'm going to buy that $75 thing, which is like the best of, yeah. and I'm going to bring it in and I'm going to read it and I'm going to lend it to you so yes. that you can read it and yes. we'll, we're going to talk about it because yeah. that's super cool. It's I love it. super cool. I love that for this one year, this magazine is yeah. still kind of, it's still kind of relevant. Well, you think like street clothing, where does it come from? No one knows. These guys. They, yeah. They did it. They, they invented they street clothing. They figured style. it out. They figured it out. So yeah. there's, yeah, I'm super happy that I got to do that. I was having so much fun reading about it. Uh, I think it was awesome that you brought it in. I I'm, I hope that you enjoyed it. <laughs> did enjoy it. I really did. I This was this was a study in literacy. It was. Uh, sponsored by Wardini Books. Yeah. That's our time. I've been Luke. I was Jill. Go shop local, support, shop. even if you don't like books, you don't have to support Wardini Books. We do, because we love them. But yeah. just support a local something, local, a local bakery yeah. or something, guys. It's worth it. Yep, personal shout-out, not sponsored or anything. Sage and Time and Hastings, she's got some awesome stuff. But anyway, that's our show. Imagine people complexly. Why? Because then that helps you understand them better. Okay, sounds good. See you guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.